It's been many years now since I was born, it goes without saying, but it feels crazy that I have felt invisible for that long. Not Harry Potter invisible with a magic cloak, none of the power or the sense of destiny. Just that as I grew up, spurting beyond six feet, I grew more hurting as if I were better off six feet deep. It was as though I were a ghost present but unacknowledged, looking in on the lives of others, celebrating them, cheering them up, hearing them out, laughing and even crying with them. Yet I never felt seen, never myself felt the comradeship of celebration and worse still, I felt like I deserved this ghastliness, this absence, this invisibility. I was worth even less than I was given. I became, have become, so used to fighting for love and affection, so comfortable with being uncomfortable, so grounded in being unpresent, that I began to feel maybe, for me, alone is the only choice. Only choice, a handy oxymoron, a room full of friends, is for me an empty promise. Seasons have changed, trees have fallen, time turns ever faster, and the sands have drifted. I have evolved, evolved into another type of ghost. The ghost who sees people trying to look in on me and takes flight. I seek the solidity that feels warmth, reassurance, humanity, but I keep glitching. Beyond my reach is the possibility of love and care and abundance, just out of my grasp, out there, where I've never been, there's a spark of life, if only someone would reach back and pull me out, if only. Welcome back to Black Boys in Fucking Pink, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Interlude. Yeah, this is a break within a break. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just joining us for the first time, this is Black Boys in Pink, the podcast where we talk shit, basically. Exactly what he said. So, um, let's go on and introduce ourselves. Yeah, my name is Chadwick Boseman, and um, yeah, I'm looking down on all your bitches. Wakanda forever. (laughs) I'm looking down on all your bitches from heaven and sending my blessings. You're welcome. You're fucking welcome. (laughs) And I am Mahashala Ali, two-time Oscar-winning actor, the best of the best, and the chic. I mean, (laughs) get into it. So today, let's talk trauma, baby. Okay, I have different points for this. The first one was, trauma with me is so amazing. Uh-huh. And that one is, um, um, oh, what was the other one I thought of? Oh my God. We all have trauma, Effie. We all have trauma, Effie. <laughs> we'll and then there's another one to do. 
I mean, there's another one they added in, but I've forgotten all my puns now. But you know, if I if I remember, I will pretty much remember puns. <laughs> but anyways, today we're kind of like diving into the conversation of trauma because Toby and I we've constantly had um, back and forth towards like understanding or um, just wrapping our heads around like how to deal with trauma or even like what it means to glamorize trauma or just to um to almost just trauma in general exactly. because trauma i feel like general, yeah. uh, uh we don't talk about trauma a lot yeah and even when we talk about trauma we talk about trauma too much mm-hmm. so when is when is it right time to talk about trauma how do we handle trauma and can we glamorize trauma yeah. i mean these are conversations that need to be had yeah so yeah i mean let's start with like the definition of trauma from like Google. I mean, I mean, are we gonna Google trauma today? I mean, we are gonna Google trauma. Are we today. Those people? <laughs> because I really wanted to like let's start with like the, the basics of what it what it definitely is. And it says that trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event like an accident, rape, or natural disaster. Immediately after the event, shock and denial are typical. Longer term reactions include unpredictable emotions, flashbacks strained relationships and even physical symptoms like headaches and all nausea. But um, yeah, from that understand, I think where I find the part I really want to talk solely about is um, handling it in general. Um, Because I mean, the aspect, everyone kind of has their own trauma and knows what their symptoms are, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously they say that it starts with like you having that... um, longer term reaction or unpredictable thing but after a while you kind of get hold of it and kind of you start because if you notice a pattern of something you are aware of it right you're now the one that would probably be oblivious to it and just ignore it or just i mean i feel like when it comes to trauma we're all aware of trauma yeah it's just that sometimes we don't want to talk about it or we don't want to agree it yeah we don't really don't want to admit that we're going through that do you get yeah and i think that's the first step okay you're going to trauma. Yeah. But when you start to run away from it, oh, most likely it's coming. But like I the first question, I think I have a question for you. Um like on the base of personal news, like are you when it comes to your own traumas, are you aware of it and how do you how do you think that affects you? No, now see, I, I feel like where I under trauma is quite differently. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, if it's so much like is it something so big mm-hmm. for me to like to so process, I literally just take that trauma and throw it to the back burner. Like, I'm not kidding. This is literally I deal with it. And it's so funny because the thing about trauma is that it always finds its way to come back. To come back, It's, yeah. it's like a boomerang. You can yeah. train it and you can be the no. best at training so far, but maybe yeah. it will come back. Mm-hmm. You get And so that, I, I first, my first instant to any traumatic event, I always do just push it away. That's the first thing I do. I just, you know what? That's your initial response. That's my initial response. I don't want to handle this right now. I'll push it away. But... It always comes back. And when, what's funny enough, when it comes back, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Because I start to act certain way on certain, until I finally break down and face this trauma like, oh shit, this thing is back. And then I get to the root of it. And funny enough, when you get to the root of your trauma, when you get to the root of something that is bugging you, yeah, then that is the beginning of the end. I mean, for me, I feel like that's the beginning of the end of that trauma. Of the trauma, Because if yeah. you can already state your problem, yeah. then you know... <clears throat> 
it stops Sorry. being a thing of I don't know. Yes, then you know how to move around, you know how to yes. cut a solution for it, you know how to mm-hmm. see um, um, different situations when they happen mm-hmm. and know how to link them to the trauma and know how to mm-hmm. handle those things differently. Mm-hmm. So that's how I handle trauma basically. Yeah. How do you handle your trauma? I mean, I would say that I also do the same thing that you do where I throw it back. I've, it depends on what kind of trauma. If it's more like, because like when I've had accidents in the past, there are some certain things, like, I think one of the fewest mm. responses I think I've told you about is that, like, after I had the bike accident, I can't, mm. even in cars, like, if I notice a little bit of closeness to, like, yeah. I jerk no matter where I am. If I'm in a car, if I'm on a bike, anywhere that I am, I just have this, like, little, and I think that's more on the physical than, like, sure, and, yeah, than, like than on the mental, because, like, I just always have yeah. this imagination that I'm about to have an accident. But when it comes to, like, those emotional traumatic experiences that I've experienced, I think the best way I knew how to heal was to throw it behind and just try forward. And slowly, I guess I would say to an extent that time did heal me um, or did like help me push him back I mean, those memories. I feel like time can normalize it. Yeah, it exactly. Make, exactly. It's it more can make like it feel stable. It and makes like it feel stable. It doesn't eliminate it. over time yeah. would haunt you. Yeah. Like, if you don't do it, trauma, yeah. it will be like a mm-hmm. recurring cast. Mm-hmm. In every series, mm-hmm. it will keep coming back. But I think what I keep mostly back. noticed from all of that trauma is it did create certain type of characteristics in myself that I wasn't even aware of, you know. So I had traumas from like high school where I think after leaving high school, mm. I had this sense of needing to be loved, needing to, you know, be shown a little bit of attention. Yeah. And then I had this meek attitude that just, you know, I felt very invincible after a while. Mm. And it kind of put me in this space where I. For, for the longest time, I wasn't aware of all of these um, traits that I was possessing, right? And then it took me to have to talk to friends and, like, you know, have different conversations mm. and say, okay, I think you need to slowly watch these traits out because uh, they are starting to have a certain power over yeah. you. And, and if they are starting to have that power over you, then you're not healing. You're not healing. Exactly. And people don't understand that trauma can actually change your personality yeah and i remember growing up i used to be the most jovial kid like i used to literally be the most jovial kid and i would run my mouth and i would just literally make everybody laugh i'll be the yeah. class clown yeah. i was the nicest person i know growing up but i can't say that for myself now because i mean i went to a boarding school mm-hmm. and in my boarding school i was severe like i was the same kid quiet yeah kid, calm funny when i needed to be funny mm-hmm. and i was really looking out for everybody yeah and I was severely bullied. Like, I mean, I was bullied to the T of it mm-hmm. for years from just one. And I didn't understand it because in my mind, I was doing everything right. Mm-hmm. I was nice to these people. I was kind to these people. And yet, mm-hmm. I feel like they repaid me with being mean to being mm-hmm. or with hate or that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that if you, the more you put hate into something, yeah, the more hate it will manifest. It's just like yeah. I said, you're planting a seed. Yeah. If you keep pushing hate to somebody... Mm-hmm. That hate is going to manifest, and it might not come back to you, the planter, I mean, the yeah, farmer. The, it yeah. may be another person that is just, yeah, just and yeah. person that is working on it with that will harvest that hate mm-hmm. that you've already planted. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I, growing up, that was how I was, secondary school, the same thing. And gradually, I started to lose empathy because I was like, nobody's feeling bad for me. Everybody are here when they're bullying me. Everybody are here, people are talking anything. shit about mm-hmm. me. And everybody also, when I'm doing good to these people, even after they've treated me bad, yeah. I mean, people that would bully me, call me names, when it was time for exam, I mean, I'm not trying to trade out the dead, I'm very smart, but I'm very book smart. When it was time for exam, they would come and meet me and I would help. And after then, they would it goes, go, back, it's, to it's, it's, it goes back to what it was. And I was like, why are these people so mean? I remember then, 
this literally has been one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. And I mean, going back, I always talk about it, I'm like, ah, I shouldn't have done this. There was this girl, her name was, let's just call her Chinelo. For like, Chinelo. Chinelo. I mean, let's just call her Chinelo. Yeah, you see? So the girl was like, she was friends with all the popular boys and friends with all the best popular teachers and the friendliest teachers. So she was like almost invisible in the school. Nobody could touch her. She was everybody's favorite girl. Mm-hmm. And this girl would watch them literally bully me and she would always chip in. She would always have something to say about my body, yeah. something about my skin, about the way I look, about my dress. And she'd always be that girl. Mm-hmm. So one day, I mean, her father died, God rest his soul. And she went home and she came back, she had cut her hair, she had, you know, this Igbo culture. I don't know yeah. what happened, but my mother shaved her hair, so she shaved her hair. And this girl came back. And I remember then, she was still sad and everything. Just she was moody most times, and then I she was in class. We were like we were bullying me, and then she said something. I promise you, I don't know what came out of me that day, and I said that's why your father died because you just keep running your mouth. And this girl was shook. Everybody was shook, and when I figured that everybody was shook, everybody kept quiet. I went in because I was like okay, finally people are listening to me. People are going to. Finally listened to what I have to say. And I went in. I kept coming for this girl mother. I kept coming for her. I kept coming for her father. And in my mind, it seemed right. Because this yeah. girl has bullied me constantly. Yeah. And she has turned me down. Mm-hmm. And that was the motto I lived by. And when I did it, I figured that she, sh- she never spoke to me. She never bullied me again. Mm-hmm. That was the last of it. And I was like, okay, is this the trick? Do you get... And that was the thing I carried with me. And every single time, I became the fiery furnace. If you have something to say to me, have four things extra that will go mm-hmm. deep to say to you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that that was basically changing who I was until mm-hmm. I entered uni. That All that was in high school. I entered uni. And I still carried the same character. Mm-hmm. And people were like... People were telling me, oh, Toby, you lack empathy. Oh, Toby, you don't have sympathy. I went to go away, so I was like... What do you mean? Oh, oh, but they were doing this shit. I'm like, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like... People are going through something. You don't always have to use mm-hmm. that to tear them tear down. Tear them down, yeah. And literally, I had to work on myself. Basically, I mean, I'm, I won't call myself the most empathetic person in the world right now, but I mean, where I was in uni is not where I am now. Yeah. And that's basically, this story just said that trauma over time can change you into somebody that you're not. You're not. So you mm-hmm. have to be very aware of, of it. the traits. And exactly, and you always have to look out for this shit. And even though, yes, it might look like, oh, it's just something similar. But I didn't know that mm-hmm. this was what changed me. Mm-hmm. That leads to act, or that leads to... Something hit. so many so, yes, that somebody would describe it. Yes. Mm-hmm. As, and, you know, in, in their mind, oh, these are kids playing. These are kids saying mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. But this thing this stays with you. you need to check. Exactly. These are things that tell you. I think are broken. high school has one of the very first um, um, foundation of trauma for yes. anyone. And anyone that would literally... Because it does make or break you, as everyone says. Like, yeah. It's literally where... You get your first heartbreak. You get your first um, uh, betrayal. betrayal. You get your first everything, literally. Yes. And that's where everyone has the chance to really like break the system and say, okay, you can't send your kids to school and normalize them having to beat other kids up or normalize them having to just bully people. Like one thing I hated so much about high school is like, I, I mostly boarding school. Like I would mm. go in there with this face of, and I've said this before in the past, and it, it, it used to stress me out because I hated when I would go in with all of my properties and someone would just come and steal them and take them as theirs. And yes. it was just a normal thing. And it just did not make any sense. And I mean, a lot of the time, it now became a thing of 
since they are stealing my shit, I'm gonna steal, steal their, their shit, shit too. too. Yeah. And we now started normalizing literally stealing like stealing literally kids alone. I remember that. I remember that I became the hostel prefect, and I mean, I was the only hostel prefect I can sit with my chest. There were seven houses in that mm-hmm. in my boarding school, and each house had a hostel prefect and a house yes. prefect. I was the house prefect of my house. I was the only house prefect who didn't steal, mm-hmm. because house prefect to do the manipulative shit of making sure that. You they, they chase you out of the hostel, they chase juniors when out of where, when your legs are still open. So they will do this thing, they will do they will time it perfectly and they will carry their belt and their cane and you will just be running. You will actually be nobody in the hostel. Mm-hmm. They will keep my thing for you. But those same house people that are chasing you away from the hostel will go back, they will steal your white, they will steal your provision, they mm-hmm. will steal every single thing, they will ransack your locker. And when I didn't do it for my house, people will be their my people will call leave their locker in the open because of it when I'm chasing people out of the hostel. Mm-hmm. And they would still me their shit the same way it was. Mm-hmm. And other guys, other house prefer to come inside and say, let us shop. Like, basically, yeah. they would say, let us shop, let us speak. And I'm like, shop from, not my house. Mm-hmm. You, you are not touching from my house. Do you get that? And this was a normal thing that everybody did because of, hey, they stole from me, let me steal from me. Okay. And we were all kids. Okay. It doesn't make any goddamn sense where you have to, like, build and create certain type of traumas like this that just go on to lead into it. And I, I've also noticed this trait of, like, as you said, like, what I think another thing that trauma does is that it kind of metamorphosizes. Yes, it evolves. So it kind of like goes from, okay, you were bullied, and then the next thing you start having another set of trauma for mm. love. Love, yes. And the next thing you start having another set of trauma for friendship, and then the next thing you start having another set of trauma for mm. this. And it's like, you now start creating all of these experiences that don't even generally have, like, at the beginning, they did not have any similarities, but then the mm. next thing, it has created all of these facets, and then now, like, you cannot now love, you cannot now have friends, you cannot now exist in a space or have a conversation or talk even. So yeah. all of those traits just, like, go on to almost break the man, I would say. Yes. And I think that's another thing that we generally don't talk so much about because we think, okay, yeah, mm, you can have all that trauma, but, like, are you... And I think the, the the next conversation is even more on dismissing trauma. Trauma, oh yeah, that's true. Right? Because I think the first step is like understanding I have trauma, but then when you share to people, how is it taken? You know? Because sometimes it's like, oh, well, I tell you about my, my situation and someone tells you, oh, man, everyone went through that kind yeah. of shit. You shouldn't be telling people like those kind of statements because if someone is open to you about what they've gone through in life, you know, and there are so many other facets of trauma. I mean, we've just spoken so much about bullying, you know, mm. sexual trauma, there's um, parental trauma. There are so many things that people have gone through. Yeah. And I don't think anyone has any right to use people's story against them exactly. or use it to manipulate them. Because yes. somebody tells you about how they have a lack of, they have this lack of empathy, right? Mm. And then the next thing, you use it to gaslight them and say, that's why you can't love anyone. That's why you can't be loved. But you've kind of understood where all of this comes Come from. from yes. So the only way to go about this is with love, and you cannot go about it with manipulation or with gaslighting. Yes, because gaslighting, it just yes. makes this person, it solidifies this person's opinion that at the end they know what is worthy of my empathy. Yes. Because you are now manipulating yes, me. Yes, to, yes, that's to, true. To gaslight and highlight another person's um, problems. So I think, like, how do you normalize having to take other people's trauma and not make it a thing of, like, oh, this is it? I'm going to, I'm going to bring you down. I'm going to fuck you up and all that. All of that. I think first of all, we should just be open to listening to people's trauma. Mm-hmm. And sometimes all you need to do is just listen. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that sometimes all someone wants from you is to listen. Yeah, it's not compulsory. You have 
a, a, an opinion or you say you just want you to listen and know that you're with them. So that's the first thing. Right? Listen to the person. Mm-hmm. And once when I told you something, let's say trauma that has to do with them, do not use that to their do not use that to your advantage, as in to gaslight them or to tear yeah. them down because you're only making whatever they are going through worse already. You're only reacting trauma mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And I get yes, we all have traumas, but try not to make someone else's own very evident or bring mm-hmm. down someone's own. Mm-hmm. Do you get? Mm-hmm. And then I feel like so how do you my question to you now is you see someone going through something, mm-hmm. you're seeing someone like going through some kind of trauma, and you feel the person has not, or the person does not know that the person went through that kind of trauma. Because you know, some people can deny to themselves and yeah. take some delusion pill and mm-hmm. say, okay, nothing's wrong with me. Nothing is wrong with me. How do you, as a friend, tell someone, okay, um, I see you, I see your problem, and I see how your problem is affecting you? Mm-hmm. How do you let that person know? What do you think is the best way to go about it? I mean, I've always said empathy, but sometimes I find empathy very tricky because there's a conversation of how empathy doesn't really come so much with sternness. It mm. comes so much with calmness. And sometimes it's, I think, it, it varies. Like sometimes I'm like, how do you have empathy and then have sternness to tell someone, you know, this is how you should, you know. Because sometimes some people, they need love, but some people need a push. Mm. They need a certain level of, like, I would say iron fist, right? Other people just need the blunt truth. And I know that, yes, yeah, some people don't like that. I mean, most people don't like the truth. Like, everyone I'm, runs away. Yeah, from the, I'm the kind of person Because that, you've told yourself that. that you, exactly. You, you I know. know. Yes. And when you've told yourself that and you feel like, okay, you've lied to yourself, mm-hmm. it's almost like as if nobody can see it. Mm-hmm. When someone tells you straight to your friend, oh, my hiding is not well, like people yeah. can still see through me. Yeah. And so, like, your, your guard is up, you're you're being defensive, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But me, I always take the part of being sending you the utmost, the, like, the utmost okay. truth, truth while being, like, sympathetic. Mm-hmm. I won't try to sugarcoat, I won't try to sugarcoat words for you. Yeah. But I will tell you exactly how I feel or exactly how I feel you're handling things. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, I understand and I get that you're going through this. You understand? I get that you're going but through this, but think, this is what you're going through. Let I the person think, I know. I think also that's why I think as much as you should seek help from your friends, I think it's always best, like, I think as a friend, the first kind of thing I would, I would always want someone who's going through something is... I would think I would tell you this is what I think. Mm. But I would also prefer if it's a skilled professional because I think that yeah. when it comes to someone that you don't know mm. telling you something. something, I think there's more trust in that because there's no assets of like you're my friend. There's yeah. no there's no or opinion of I know you exactly. I know you are. want that's to it. now mute that situation and say, well, you don't have any right to tell me mm. what I'm going through because I also know what you're going through and I'm not telling you that. So there's now always a certain level of manipulation that yeah. goes into like. If I call you out for your bullshit, then you can't call me out for my bullshit, that kind of attitude. Yeah. But when it comes from someone who you don't even know anything about, when it yeah. comes from someone who you think... And I think we therapists and, or counsellors, there's a certain level of pedestal that they are put on because it's like they come from a place of understanding. They are skilled about this kind of thing. Yeah. And people, I think all of a sudden... And even generally, if you think about it, even with friends, like you, sometimes you've had situations where you're telling mm. me something that I'm really down about, right? Mm. You tell me every day, like, oh, you've got this shit, you've got this shit. I'm like, mm. oh, uh. But if somebody outside randomly tells me, you've got this shit, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know, I've got this shit. I, I don't know, there's just something that comes with that. Yeah. That is okay, different. it's always easier to hear, like, a stranger opinion than your friend's opinion. Than your opinion friend's you. opinion. Because yeah. you feel like, okay, that your friend have seen you for your, like, downside, and you feel mm. like, you now look vulnerable in front of the person. Yeah. And sometimes people 
I'm afraid of vulnerability. <laughs> and they rather take it to someone like they don't really know them, mm-hmm. but I've said it and you know, okay. Yeah. You know that yes, I don't know you that much. I'm not gonna be around you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we should also be open being vulnerable because being vulnerable is human. I mean that's the only way that's how we are human. Mm-hmm. We're vulnerable about yeah. shit. Yeah. Because we go through shit and this life is hard. Mm-hmm. So it's but just like the way you know, there's the, the be helping someone mostly like it even goes as far as like even mental illnesses and like when you see people having episodes, traumatic episodes, and you think, I can see you having a traumatic episode. You don't see that you're having a traumatic episode. Yeah. So how do I tell you that you're having a traumatic episode where it's not like I'm about to put you in a corner, I'm about to, you know, because sometimes like, do you have to now like refer someone else to say, okay, please help me handle the situation, do you? But I guess sometimes like you... You tell the person, and I think I learned something from um, Run the World, where mm. therapy still that see, at the end of the day, <clears throat> the truth would always still come out. Exactly. And you want it to be that you tried your best. Because at the end, love is being able to tell someone that you fucked, fucked up. up. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's <laughs> the thing. Yeah. If I truly love you, I'll be able to tell you that, see, you fucked If you When you run away from Oh, having a difficult conversation with your mm-hmm. friend because you don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. Then do you really then love do that you friend? Really love that friend. Because I feel like if you love somebody, you should, you should be able to tell them things even if they don't want to carry. Yeah. Do you get? And but if you know they you've said you out it. After, they can you know you out said. after, but you've said what you have to say. Like, you just like the same way. I have a friend of mine. He did something that I naturally won't agree with. I didn't. Okay, yes, maybe I didn't handle it the best way. Like, mm-hmm. like I always say, I don't have. I mean, my empathy game is not at a hundred. But <laughs> I told him. Do you get it? And I thought, and yes, mm. even though he didn't take it like well, yeah. and you're like, oh, you're coming from me, and that kind of thing, and, oh, this is mm-hmm. unnecessary, and that kind of. Mm-hmm. But he still listened to me. Yeah, he still took that advice, even though he would, he would still, if you put a knife to his throat now mm-hmm. and say, "Did you take my advice?" He says, "A lie. Mm-hmm. I did not take that." But he took my advice and yeah. he listened to me. So the thing is that even if you you know that they don't want to hear it, mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah, because that's how you show that you love. And when it's above your like, yes, yeah, sometimes you, you're not a therapist or you don't. You're not a, a, a psychologist. Mm-hmm. So you can, there's some things that you do you not know. Above your, it's yeah. like above your own, uh, your, your own skills. Mm-hmm. You can give it to a professional. But first, if you love somebody, you should tell them, okay, I think this, this, you're this is how you're feeling. You and I think you need help because it's also hurting you and it's also hurting me. Mm-hmm. And seeing you hurt is also hurting me. So yeah. I can defer you to someone that, that can help you. Mm-hmm. Do you get... And you, you, also, you also be a sense, like a point of encouragement to that person every single step of the way until the person has dealt with that trauma do you get mm-hmm. and also as human beings i feel like there are days where we where i learn that thoughts mm-hmm. and people are so afraid to go there to to, to go to, to that go journey to, that to go to that place where they can see because sometimes we can see our trauma we know the root of our trauma but mm-hmm. so people are afraid to go there to even look in and say okay mm-hmm. what is causing this thing yeah so we have as people we think we need time to just sit down and think of our life mm-hmm. I know they say leave the past at the past, but sometimes the past mm-hmm. can help your future. Do you get? Mm-hmm. So you are, the lessons from the past can help your future. So you have to always go back. I know that, yes, you want to leave the past, but you always have to go back and assess things. But I would say, like, because even on, on my own personal note, I remember after, like, all of my high school trauma, like, one of the processes of me trying to heal myself and me just therapizing myself was that I, because I, I always say that till now, I still feel like, just like how you have characters of yourself. I won't say characters of yourself, but sometimes anytime I think of myself, I think of different doors and different rooms mm-hmm. and explaining different parts of my life. And my high school had a certain door which I never really always liked to go into to open, right? But sometimes I, I, I go into it and I always see my younger self who was very 
scared and timid and you know was called ugly was called skinny was called everything was bullied for you know even just bare effeminacy was mm-hmm. literally called a girl boy and every other thing that i've been called in this life right yeah and sometimes it took me i had to revisit that door at some point in my life which actually was very dark and always made me cry mm. right but and there's no time i've gone into that door that i have not cried but i had to revisit that door and i had to have a conversation with my younger self and let him let out his opinion you know let him tell let him express to these people how he felt hurt how he felt sad how he felt it. and i think to an extent every time i i did that and sometimes i still even do that on a random day when yeah. i maybe i'm at my lowest because anytime i'm at my lowest it takes me back to that. I don't yes. know why. It's almost like a it, it literally tells you that that is you know, you know when mm-hmm. you're playing a video game and you've got into a place but you've not done something and yeah. so the game will not take you back, back to that to place. That, place yeah. that is literally how your trauma works. I always works. have to you have to go back to that place and unlock that yes. For your, and that's and not always, for the people because I, do, I don't need to it was never about them and that's it took me a while to really understand that it's exactly. never about having to move on from them. It's about having to move on from myself and you know Forgive everything and just move on. Like you say, all those people that said all those words to you, all the people that mm-hmm. have torn you down, mm-hmm. they're just bad characters in a movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's left for you to just see them as a bad character and see yourself as as the main character. Yeah. And fix your shit. Mm-hmm. Basically, so that's why as I'm here and I don't give a few fucking assignments because I can't. Because I've been therapizing people for years, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I want everybody to like write a letter to their younger self. Yeah. Because your younger self is basically you but older. Yeah. And there are some things that even as you're older you've not learned because you've not unbuck you've not gone back to see the same thing you struggled with when you were younger. You're still struggling with that an older person. Yeah. People people don't realise that. That the same thing you struggle with as a teenager, some of you still struggle with it as an older person. That's because you've not gone back you've to see really what you them. you could have done differently and how it could have helped you. So I always feel like everybody should write a letter to their younger self. And tell them things they should let go, mm-hmm. things they should do differently, yeah. and face your trauma. And see, see, even at the end of the day, any therapist will tell you if you can't face your trauma, they cannot help you. Mm-hmm. A therapist is not good. No magician to make your trauma go because away. at the end, they, you they have can, to go back to that. They can identify space. traits, but you still have to. You still have to do the work. You still have to do the work. Yes. And if you can't analyze how you feel, then you really cannot help yourself. Yes, that because that you know how you feel. You just but, have to put those. Put the puzzle together and say, okay, this is how my emotions are. If your emotions are all over the place, you recollect them and say, okay, this is how, this is it, this is how. So now I feel like there's a new trend of things that it's like literally people are now glamorizing trauma. So it's now a new thing for the younger generation. And I don't know if it comes from like movies or it comes from like, I think it does come from social media basically. And I think it new, comes from social you watch movies like 13 Reasons Why or you see other... I think people. that was the pinnacle of... That's literally an explanation of glamorizing. In trauma. You see these people write stories and yes, they see people going through trauma and they make these people look like martyrs or like... Um, art. Like art. They make people look like as if whatever they went through literally is the best thing that happened to them. But we need to... Almost like that. Like, I, I like how you describe it. It's like, it's like your trauma... I mean, because... It's a weird healing process, right? People think that it's okay. It's now the moment where you step. It's like exactly how you said. Like whatever you went through is the best part of your life, because maybe you found healing after that. So it's okay to now name it as like or romanticize it as like uh, yes, a I, grandeur experience of levitation. And ex, 
exact fucking leverage. But like that's how people now see it. Like, oh my god, I went through this. And people don't know that the happy part is from after you've gone through your trauma, not the trauma mm-hmm. itself. Because the trauma was chaos. Because the trauma was chaos. And dark. And let's be real. And you don't want to go back. Let's there. be real. Okay, so now they made a movie about like Minga was capturing, I can't remember her name. Yeah. But everybody had trauma in that school too. Yeah. Everybody was doing through shit. All those mm-hmm. characters had trauma. But to see the way they made her trauma look like I said it was different or it was more glorious it than was, the rest. I think it was more about glorious than like, even I, like because I, I think it was the way they made um her character feel almost like killing herself was worth all of that. First of all, and and I, I don't know. Forgive my French from being too um into it, but I think it was more about like just having to create this character that felt so out of this world and made her sadness feel so poetic. And I found that a bit weird because it was doing more damage to people that were watching it. They were watching than it. good. Than good, yes. Because, because suicide went on an all-time high after that movie. Yeah. People then, were doing things that actually, the, the movie did. People were killing themselves and writing letters to the people that made them kill themselves. And I think, I think and one thing I want to bring into this conversation of glamorizing trauma is because I think there was a moment where we started normalizing having to speak up about what you're going through so that it doesn't feel like you are alone. And I stand for that. And I stand for that. Do you I will get... never not stand for that. But I think also, if you're going to talk about your trauma, also talk about your trauma experience. So that people see that it's not about the trauma, it's about what you've gone through. After how the... terrible that was, how terrible a feeling that was. So that it doesn't seem like, you know, I'm depressed and I take antidepressants, but it creates so happily like now i want you to take a look like or like so now when we started this episode i talked about my story mm-hmm. and i said the, the, and the light at the end of the tunnel was oh now i'm better mm-hmm. oh now i'm not i guess i'm not 100 percent, but i'm far better than i was yeah. and that should be the that should be the takeaway from my story the takeaway shouldn't be like oh two people then why he went through it ah his trauma was so yeah. much for him yeah. no the takeaway should be like there's light at the end of the tunnel i can go through so much shit Mm-hmm. but still overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you get? And that that's what, I think that's the new thing. But now you see, in, you watch TikTok videos these days and all the youngies, Gen Z girls are out here making trauma look like as if it's the best thing that ever happened to them. And everybody's out there saying their stories and they're like, oh my God. And people are not even doing this for attention. People are even out here creating trauma in their head where, when there was, where no, there was trauma no trauma. The Just to feel like as if, okay, their life too is difficult. The life too is difficult. And people are making trauma, yeah. glamorizing trauma like it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be traumatized. And even though we are traumatized, everybody is traumatized. Let, let, let me, yes, there might be different um, levels to it, but everybody at the end of the day has faced some kind of trauma. So you should also, think, just you should being, also put that in mind yeah, that you're not the only one that's going through that kind of trauma. Being bear with like... Um, because first, I think um, empathy should always be be used in handling situations of trauma, right? But yeah. in the case where um, it's being milked to a situation where you are stopping yourself from healing, from healing because you want to stay in that In that state, you want to marinate you want in your marinate sadness, in, sadness, in your trauma, because it will give you more you attention. Not, you should not now... You should not now be offended when somebody calls you out on that bullshit and says that I don't like that you are milking the situation. Even if it's your friend. If your friend tells you that you're doing this too much and rather than not even healing, like instead of you to focus on your healing process, you're now sitting, as Toby said, marinating in the traumatic experience and every day you're talking about how you're traumatized, traumatized 
and like, how you've done I mean, this. And there's a that. friend of mine that is from the. Um, I'd rather you kill. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously when in Nigeria that is not LGBT community friendly. Right. Do you get? And this boy goes on Twitter every time. We said, "Oh, he did this. Oh, his mother um, pushed him out of the house." And these are stories we've heard, and we're empathetic to them. Now, the gag is, he says this story almost every week. Almost every week. The same shit. Sometimes, after he has said the same shit almost every week, he will turn it, he will turn the story again to still say the same thing. And I'm like, where are you, what are you, what message are you actually are passing you to the young kids of the people in the, of the, of the, people in the LGBT community? I because you're like, telling them to, okay, you're, you're went through this, you went through this, but you never, you're not saying how far you've come, like, or how you're standing I, up for I yourself. Feel like, and maybe I might be wrong, but I feel like in my head sometimes, when something is, when the wolf has, when you've cried wolf for so long, it almost feels like you're waiting for someone to tell you sorry. You sound or like a broken waiting. record. You sound, exactly. It's like, and there's now a certain level of like, your, you want your agency, you've taken away your agency of how you feel and you've given it to somebody else to tell you how you feel. And it's like every time you want to go out there and say, and I think to an extent, like, I like when your healing process is even more personal. You can take people through your healing journey. Right? Yes. You can take people, oh, today's my first day of therapy. Mm. This is how I felt after therapy. And you move on from it. And sometimes it's almost like when you speak to someone who's going through situations and you're trying to make them see that at this point, you're focusing so much on your trauma rather than on your healing. It's seen as gaslighting, right? And sometimes I don't want it to ever be seen as gaslighting because sometimes it's just coming from a place of love. As like, if you do this and you're doing the work to heal, then talking about your healing is more... Ex- it's more... Exactly. How about we talk about like the next step or the healing or how yeah. we're going to move? And that, that's my problem with him. Because I'm like, you can talk about your problems... But also talk about how you've moved on from this situation. So it doesn't because, keep, so people, doesn't in keep people in that same because, because the hope is what everyone wants. Was, to we want, yes, we want hope, want and that that should be. I think that is even the main purpose of talking about trauma. It's so that people the know that, that you oh my god, someone went through this same thing that yeah, I went through, and, and they moved and they survived. Mm-hmm. But if you keep marinating in that trauma, if you keep talking and about it's your okay trauma, okay, to also share about your down, the, your down moment in the middle of your healing process, right? Yes, I totally mm-hmm. understand that. Mm-hmm. But if you keep saying this trauma, you're not talking about healing. You keep talking about this trauma, you keep talking about the same thing over and over. It's almost like as if you're glamorizing it, and every day you're finding a new way for people to give you pity for you or feel like that pity part. Or, feel, or give you that attention. And it doesn't work that that's not how facing your trauma works. Yeah. Facing your trauma works, you identify this as a trauma, you, you you know that this is what you have to do, you moved on from it. But when you're telling somebody, you see someone struggling going through the same thing, you can bring up your story mm-hmm. and talk about how you went through the same thing, but see where we are now. Yeah. And you're giving that person a become of hope that okay, see, this is it. I have got I, someone has just gone through the same shit that I'm going through. This person has gone through it, mm-hmm. and that's the story of that's how I want Kuchoba to be discussed. Mm-hmm. To be discussed in the light of healing, yeah. not in the light of marinating in that same trauma over and over and over again. I'm wanting attention. I'm wanting pity mm-hmm. because that's not going to and work. I think also, there's this conversation I also heard outside where. Um, and also, I don't know, this might take some people off, but I want, I want it to be very clear. Somebody said this thing one time and he said, I would prefer if you keep your, um, how do I put this now? The, the basis of it was just on the, on the presence of like, sometimes sharing is triggering, mm-hmm. right? So you should also be aware that as much as you're enlightening people, you're also triggering people. people yeah. So there's a way you have to be very strategic about how you share certain things 
so that it doesn't trigger another person to spiral into something that they've already healed from. So sometimes people even say, keep your trauma for your support group. Huh. I can't, keep I your trauma for you. your therapist. I couldn't understand Because that's that. a cushion that can handle it better than the cushion yeah, that yes. you Because sometimes like, you're giving people things that they are not even they did not ask to carry in the first place. Or they're not even equipped for. Or they're not equipped to carry in the first place. Because so can and then now you now yes. go against their reaction towards this. Because sometimes somebody's reaction might now be some people might be reserved. They might not say anything. And you don't understand that they are reserved because they've gone through something like this and they don't want to open that door anymore. Exactly. So they just want it to, and I, I say that even because like even after the whole entrance thing and I told you that I didn't want to see any images or article. I didn't want to tweet anything and I muted Ensasman because I had this rush of emotions that came through me yeah. that was so chaotic that I went through so much emotions that it was I had a panic attack even from all of that and if I'd said that to somebody outside they would have felt like oh you don't want to fight for this country mm. somebody might have taken that as like a weird notation of like oh you're being ignorant because if it was you that it was affecting mm. you wouldn't say you don't want to fight for this country mm. but it was more about how I was feeling at that moment yeah and your and, mental state and my and mental state you, you have to look up and your own exactly so sometimes you can't like some people say oh there are so many people in this country that don't fight for queer rights but sometimes you also have to understand that to some people they are still battling their own rights yes. in their own life in their own person they are still fighting for their own agency over their life Yes. So, would you let them heal from that before healing from the general aspect of? And sometimes, even healing from that is enough for you. Is enough for your existence, because the only way you're able to accept yourself as, as a person, accept yourself as a man, accept yourself as a woman, accept yourself as a queer person, accept yourself as anything that you identify as. That's the only thing you need to do. Because the truth. acceptance with acceptance comes the fight. Yes. So, all of that thing of like, you know, you come out, you tweet a lot of things, you come out, you make live videos about lots of things, it's also affecting other people's mental states. So, sometimes it's not, and this is now where they say, sometimes, you sometimes, when you're going through trauma, you think, me, 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 me. You're in the construct of me, 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 me. And forgetting that there's an us in this conversation, there's a world in this conversation, and you don't just exist. You exist in the space of other people. People. And if you, as a person, is telling other people to be empathetic, towards you are you empathetic towards other people and how yeah. they are feeling how your trauma is making them feel and as i it all go back it all go back to when i say when you share your trauma share share the story of healing or with the become of hope or how you're trying to heal yeah so that people can know that it's you're, you're going through things but it's okay to also want to heal yourself yeah and i feel like that goes a long way because a lot of young people now rather just marinate in that sadness and make that sadness become their personality. Yeah. yeah. So they want to be that kind of... And that's even that more traumatic. And that is even more traumatic. You've now because created now, that. You're not going out on that spot. You're literally creating more bubble into your trauma to, mm-hmm. to keep your trauma inside and you just mm-hmm. marinate in it. Mm-hmm. And so I like this young generation and, they just, and I, maybe it's the sense of being naive but I feel like if they don't check it now mm-hmm. it's going to get worse because now you're building your personality on trauma. And you don't, you now you even think that it's even glamorous to do so because it gives you flavor, it gives you grit, it gives you, uh, um, what they call it, basically it gives you something different. Yeah. And so people like to think on that trauma, but we have to do better as humans. We have to. We, we have to do better. Have. And we have to, like, whenever we share our trauma, we share with the intent of hope, of yes, how to get of better. Hope, of how to get better. And I, I think also, as you said, like, whenever we share our trauma, 
I feel like if you're sharing your trauma, it should be sharing because you also want to seek help and you want people to come towards you to help you and give you the best um, facilities to help you, you know. So also, if you're sharing, be open to suggestions of people telling you, okay, I think this is good for you, this is what helps me with mine. Mm-hmm. If you're sharing and you're also not, not open to taking um, advice from for your healing, then you really don't want to start this healing process. So please reach out to people, you know, be open to loving, be open to, you know, telling people how you feel about certain things. Yes. And also make sure that you have the facilities to heal. Exactly. If you need facilities reach out you know, there are so many organizations there are so many helplines right now yes. that help and actually people. reach out like see and you're not if you're feeling i'm 100 percent sure you are not the you're only the only one and that's like you should also reach out to like um all people that can help you ngos yeah and all these organizations mm-hmm. if you want to share your trauma like i said share with the beacon of hope but also share with the intent to heal mm-hmm. so if you're going to share your trauma i want you to, to put in the work on mm-hmm. to heal like go out look for help Go out, don't just see and people sharing trauma for money. Should we have that conversation? There are people like that. They are people like that. I really people like that. Like, sometimes you just want, you just want, the they okay, they've shared the trauma and then they came with support. Which people share them, me, 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 and people give them money, and people give them this, and people share their support. They keep sharing, reacting more and more trauma so they can get more and more money. And I feel like you're not, you're not deeply, you're killing yourself and making yourself into more deep shit because you're not facing your problem. Mm-hmm. So we just have the to main that thing is understand that you have to face your problem before you even start to milk the situation. Like, if you are like talking about your problem, but you're not having, you're not trying to face it, and it's not helping you. Neither is it helping the society that you belong in. Exactly. So, so let's all be kind to people. Let's all listen when someone is sharing their story. Let's not gaslight. Exactly. Let's not gaslight. And if you feel like a friend is going through something, talk to the friend. I know that sometimes. Having a conversation and have with people will talk. And if you can't, if you think that you're not the best at having a conversation, refer someone that you think. The yes, you think yes is better. Helpful. And you know, just say, okay, my friend is going through this. Can you help me in doing this? Or can you help me in doing that? And I think that would go a long way in the healing process. Exactly. So I'm happy that we all have the chance to talk about mental health, trauma, and yeah. finding help because basically, I feel like this is a conversation that you generally not have before mm-hmm. or people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, we came from an older generation where they never talk about trauma. Mm-hmm. Now, we're in a younger generation where I feel like everybody's talking about trauma all the time. And I so, know that I wish, one thing I wish, and I don't know if we do have some, I wish we we have support groups in Nigeria because I know that we have therapy, but therapy is expensive. Not everyone can afford therapy. therapy. And yeah. I think that's why I think that support groups are created because it's not funded by, the. it's not funded by anyone. It's just like, you have people that would give out their space and say you can use this for your mm-hmm. support group. And you have one hour of talking to people that are like-minded as you or share the same um, traumatic experiences as you. And that almost makes you feel warm and makes you feel like, okay, I'm not the only you one that's going through this situation. And I think if we have the chance to create those kind of conversations or have the chance to create those kind of spaces, even if it's your living room, invite people over, you know. And sometimes I think sometimes because we get all clogged up in the whole party party, people always run away from having deep conversations. Conversation. Exactly. How they really feel. <gasps> so please, if you it's not that like if you can be at a party and have like a, a one hour deep conversation and go back to fucking shit up. Because it's I remember fine. I spoke to someone at the party. We had a football conversation. Mm-hmm. And this person was like, oh, he has never spoken about this trauma to anybody, including his friends. Yeah. And it's just so sad because it's always in the setting where, oh, we always have to party and do drugs. Mm-hmm. And we never have smart conversations. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you talk to people, you get to touch people's stuff and get to save them. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, look out. If it's just someone struggling 
reach out to the person and, and try to help. for the men out there that think that holding your trauma makes you a man or holding on to your holding on to your problems holding on to your because I mean till now we know that the highest amount of suicide rate is from men and that shows a lot about how we as men handle our own mental health exactly. we have to keep it at top priority we are not the safety cushion for everyone everybody everybody's yes. trauma everybody's um problems we also have to find our own healing individually because at the end of the day you as a man you deserve to be loved you as a man you deserve to be healed you as a man you deserve all the things that you think you deserve you're worth it and you you're are deserving. worth it so if you the first step of and i know a lot of the time like a lot of men have a lot of traumatic experience and now leading to so many other um so many other demons that you do not want to create in the first place so please try to find how to heal in which remember it's and okay not to be okay yes it's okay not yes. to be okay and please, like, groom, groom these young boys in the best way. Groom them with love. Groom them with understanding, respect. Groom them with understanding how to show empathy. Because I feel like that's where a lot of men trauma comes yes, from. Yes. And that's when you see oh, men are this way, mm-hmm. men are this. Because they've helped people. Mm-hmm. They've helped other people with trauma, <laughs> but nobody helped them with their own trauma. Mm-hmm. And they feel like they also have to keep their trauma in check, not to affect, not to affect other people. And they don't know that these things, this trauma you're keeping, you're trying Sharing to keep in check, is literally changing you, making you a beast, making you... Man. Exactly. So that's why I always feel like you have to speak out, even for me. And also women, when a man comes to you, don't say, this one have come to that. No, listen mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Because the same with you too, you won't talk about your own trauma. Him he too has too trauma. And it doesn't make him it doesn't even make him like don't even bring up that conversation of oh this is not a man because he's crying or he's sad. Sad, yeah. If a man wants to cry, let him cry. Let him cry. And he men don't downsell women's stories, don't or their emotions. Don't and that's why they, that's why sometimes men do it because they feel like oh all the time. Yeah, that's why. Why? Why can't you do exactly? Mm-hmm. That's why, and that's why. It, that's where it comes from, basically. Yeah, that's why I always tell, I always tell men to do better and search and deal with their trauma because mm-hmm. if they don't deal with it. They feel like everybody shouldn't deal with it also, and everybody should be the same way. So you also need to encourage men to deal with their trauma so that we can all have a better, we can all live a better life, basically, and live in a better space. So I'm happy for that, and I'm happy that we had this conversation because yes, it's I very am. necessary. I'm very needed. Okay, thanks for dear Lagos. Dear Lagos, let us be kind to people who are struggling with mental illness. Yeah. Let us be kind to them. Let us open facilities for them. Let us embrace them. Let let it become a norm to help people with mental um, disadvantages yeah. and not make them feel like they are low mm-hmm. or just sad. Yeah. Do you get? Should yeah. just always help them. I feel like Lagos need to do better with with your mental health. Because mental health is also health. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we always forget it. Mm-hmm. So we also need to do better in the mental health sector in Lagos. So dear Lagos, fix your mess, basically. Um, dear Lagos, be open to talking to people, even strangers that you see, ask them how their day is. And be kind, and be warm, and be polite. Because you don't know what anyone is going through. If you meet someone for the first time, and the person says good morning to you. Those lead to actions of love. Those lead to actions of kindness. It goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So when you see someone walking down the road and you see someone having a bad day, you know, just speak to them. Ask them if they are okay. Check up on them, you know, and check up on the ones that you love too, you know. Don't be doing giveaway on Instagram. Ooh.
Call your mother. Oh, like they say, money. charity begins at home. For all the people that you're out here giving on Instagram, I know you know all the people, five or ten people struggling right beside that. You know they are still with, but you rather you rather not help. You rather do cloud thing and, and do also, it on Instagram. Don't be an Instagram therapist and then you are not healing. Ooh. Or you are being negative to your parents. Don't do that. We're having that conversation. <laughs> oh, <it's true. laughs> Goodbye. I'm better.